to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Well, hey, girl. Hey, Julie Graham here for This Grit and Grace Life. I hope your summer is going well, that you're sun-kissed and rested and relaxed. I'm sure you're at least sun-kissed, probably not rested or relaxed because those kids, they're just everywhere. Yeah, they are. I'm Darlene Brock. And Julie, I have a question. What is sun-kissed? What is that exactly? I mean, it's like a golden tan. I mean, do you tan or do you burn? Oh, I, I tan. I'm one of those people that tan. How about you? Do you put on sunscreen? No, I don't, but I should. I know, never have, kind of went, oh, what the heck. No, if I don't put on sunscreen, I am bright red as my bathing suit that says Baywatch. (laughs) That's what I've been rocking this summer. Um, But can I just say that I'm like a little bit sad because as summer is coming to a close, so is a season of my life. I'm sending Lincoln to kindergarten in like days, I mean weeks, but... I'm going to be dramatic and say days. <laughs> well, it is a little dramatic. I mean, it's it's hard to change those seasons of your life. I mean, you know, you're starting something new and he's growing up and, you know, moms kind of get sad and a little nostalgic at that point. And it's part of our lives. I mean, sometimes we need grit to get through it. And sometimes, Julie, we need grace. That is the truth. In fact, that actually inspired this whole episode. We wanted to talk through because we really try to be women who live life from the view that none of us are nailing it all the time. Are you sure? Uh, well, I'm, I'm definitely I'm not. not. I mean, okay. okay. I'm like, I should try to maybe like be <laughs> sweet and say that you're nailing it all the time, but no, you're not even nailing it all the time. <laughs> and you're like legit. You're the OG. Um, but that's kind of, I think what makes us different at the Grit and Grace Project and at this Grit and Grace Life. We're willing to admit that life can be freaking messy sometimes and hard and we stumble along the way, but that doesn't mean we don't tap into our and keep showing grace. Yeah, and I think it's acknowledging the fact that we're going to go through great times and we're going to go through bad times. We're going to go through experiences that we didn't plan, wasn't what we prepared for, and certainly don't want to do it. But you know, it will happen to all of us. So when it happens to somebody you love, we want to unpack a little bit today on how to be a friend who extends grace in difficult things. This topic came to me because I was just kind of thinking through the last couple of years of my life and how, um, you know, the roller coaster of becoming a new mom and then losing my husband unexpectedly and uprooting and rebuilding my whole life and kind of looking at the women that were around me who were willing to let me struggle through it, um, offering insight but then also giving space and like understanding that I needed to try different ways to get help and figure out what was working and what wasn't and step away from what wasn't and try something new. And, um, you know, learning all of those things, I realized that that's the kind of friend I want to be because those kinds of things are going to happen to people for the rest of the time that I'm here on earth. And I want to be able to stand with someone or sit next to someone as they're going through their difficult, messy, hard and be a blessing to them and not be a burden and not be a judger. Yeah. And I think that's the beginning of it is we don't judge. We don't look at the circumstances they're in and feel the need to tell them why or what or how. It's not our place to judge. Not at all. And we don't need to be afraid of their messiness Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's, it's part of life. And 
Don't avoid it. Love them through it. Can I just be super honest and say, I actually am going to judge, but I want to catch myself in the fact that, hey, I'm judging this and I'm actually not in her shoes. I'm standing next to her and I'm not going to act like I know what she's experiencing, whether um, some of the things we're going to talk through, whether it's divorce or significant loneliness or um, an affair or an addiction or loss of a loved one, loss of a job. These are hard things. And unless you're literally going through them, you can't begin to understand. And you know what? Even if you have gone through them, your set of experiences and your circumstances are never the exact same as someone else's. And so we got to be the kind of women who are willing to say, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm going to sit next to you and be in it with you. And I'm going to keep myself from judging and I'm going to show you the grace that you need. Okay. So check one, even if you judge, don't judge. (laughs) All right. Okay. I feel more comfortable having said that. It's true. (laughs) But then the next thing is don't run away and then offer some practical help. And that's what we want to unpack today is a little bit of practical help in each of these scenarios. Okay. So we're going to start with divorce and I'll just throw this out to begin with because we're going to keep it super honest. I used to be so uncomfortable when this topic would even be raised in my presence because I strongly believe in the permanency of marriage. The marriage covenant is for life. And I I didn't know how to talk to people who were considering divorce or who had been divorced. And I'm ashamed to say that now, um, but I'm willing to be honest and say, I needed to recognize that this is happening so much and the people who are experiencing it, they need to be loved through it. Yeah. And you don't really know the reason. You'll never really, really know the reason for a failed marriage. And I'm with you, Julie. I think marriage should be forever, but you know what? Life is, it's not. And there are legitimate reasons that women have to move on from a very bad relationship. So I think the first thing to do is we don't need to always know all of the details. We don't need to know all of the whys. We just need to be there for them because they're, they're going through a loss. So is this one of those things where you almost want to, um, be Switzerland and almost say, I don't need to know everything? Or do you let that be up to the friend who's going through it? Let her share as much as she wants, but you're not pressing for more details. I think they need to be comfortable to share whatever they want or whatever they need to share. And you don't react. You don't have an opinion most of the time. You don't step in and say, well, here's what should have been, or here's what shouldn't have been. You just be that sounding board, that listening person who hugs them and holds them and let them cry and let them yell and let them Mm -hmm. grieve whatever they need to go through. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point to remember that, um, they are grieving a loss. I know right after my husband passed away, um, somebody did kind of help me to understand that divorce because it's the death of the life you thought you were going to live. Um, and I've actually in my widowhood spoken with women who have been divorced and I could almost I can, I could see that their loss in some ways is more significant than mine, um, because their life changed in such a way that they never expected it to be. Um, and they have, you know, children that they're raising and it's just not the way they hoped it would be. And so I think remembering and acknowledging that this loss is significant and to let the person grieve is so important. It is, it is. And then, you know, sometimes you think if you're grieving, I want to get you distracted. I want to get you out of the house. I want to go have some fun. And that may be absolutely the right thing. 
You say, come to dinner, let's go to dinner, let's go to a movie, let's go get as much ice cream as you want. (laughs) There are other times you may need to go, do you want to sit alone and watch a movie? Do you want to sit in the living room and watch a movie with me? Just find out what it is that will help them through this process and be willing to go with it. Yeah, I think another huge one for divorce is recognizing that there are practical needs that, you know, there's now not that third party to help with. So being the person who's willing to pick up groceries or prepare meals or help, you know, shuttle kids around while they're finding their new normal, Um, you know, helping them figure out their finances. These are practical ways you can be a friend to somebody who's experiencing this seismic shift in their life without being someone who makes them feel judged or abnormal or wrong. Yeah. And I've had family members who have gone through this and I think one of the things that really mattered because both of them had to move, Mm -hmm. they were in a situation where a house was being sold and they no longer were going to live in the place that they had lived for a long time. Well, I cleaned out closets and packed boxes and loaded a truck and actually drove a truck about 600 miles. That's amazing. Yeah, to get to get them where they needed to go. And there's a, you know, there's a practical side because in the middle of that, Looking at your life in boxes is really, really hard. So help them. Help them through that. For sure. Okay, one last one that I think is a big deal for being the grace-filled friend um, in the case of a divorce. If your friend is part of your church, she or he, I mean, we could be have guy yeah, friends here for too, sure. um, they may feel uncomfortable coming back to church post-divorce. Um and I, you want to be the kind of person that's inviting them, that's sitting with them, and is reminding them that that's the place where they should feel most comfortable. And we don't come to church for the people. We come for God. Um, but you be the kind of person that they can come for and be with um, to be able to continue to tap into the most important area of their life that's going to help them get through this difficulty. Mm, I love that, Julie. You know, And that kind of leads to another topic we wanted to discuss, and that's loneliness. Mm. You know, divorce is a very lonely thing. Uh, Difficult marriages can be a very lonely thing, not Mm -hmm. just divorce. But, you know, it's not exclusive to tragic moments in your life. Sometimes we just feel very alone Mm. and as if there is no one that cares for us that, you know, we even though we have friends, we are to ourselves and our heart of hearts is buried and we feel incredibly sad. Yeah. So how can you be a grace friend to somebody who is lonely? I think you just acknowledge the fact that, hey, I've noticed that you're pulling away or you seem more isolated. And I want to give you space, but I also want you to know that I'm here. Sometimes people who are dealing with loneliness, it's more in their head than they realize. And if you call it out, you acknowledge, hey, I haven't seen you as much, or I feel like we haven't talked as much. Acknowledging it to that friend can help them realize that they actually are seen and that they are valued by you. And so search them out. Sometimes we are like, oh, well, she should call me. Let's not be her. <laughs> Let's like, not. Just call, okay? <laughs> call, text, snap, whatever you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, and include her. Include mm-hmm. her. You, you know, you're going out with some other friends. You know, even if you have to write her name on something or put it in your phone to go, oh, I need to remember to ask her if she'd like to join. Mm-hmm. You know, make the effort to include her in things where other people are. And if she says no the first six times, keep asking her. If you have your eye on that friend and you know she's going through something and she is, you know, disengaged and it's maybe, especially if it's out of her character, keep an eye on her. Keep asking. Keep going after her because she's in that funk 
And you're not going to be able to change it, but you need to keep showing up for her while she's in it. Yeah. And in addition to that, if you've asked her to go out with three other people three times, maybe she's not comfortable with those other people. Maybe you need to go, how about you and I meet for coffee? Mm -hmm. How about a one-on-one? Let's just go shopping. Mm -hmm. I don't need anything, but I love to buy. So (laughs) join me, won't you? Or like we always like to say, show up with ice cream. Oh, <laughs> in the always. comfort of her own home, <laughs> ice cream true. on the couch. I mean, that's literally the best possible scenario in my book. I think one thing we need to remember when it comes to loneliness, that we are part of a family, whether it is a human family, uh, a family family, or a faith family, we belong with each other. Mm-hmm. That that sharing life with the people around us is really, really important. And you want to avoid loneliness because it can lead to depression. Yeah. So if you can nip it in the bud early or be one that helps someone early, then you're ahead of the game. Okay, so this next one is a significant form of betrayal. And I have actually walked through this with multiple friends. Um, And this is when someone in your life has experienced an affair, whether their spouse has had an affair or maybe they have chosen to go outside of their marriage or relationship. And it is devastating. It is. It is. It's a heartbreak that doesn't compare to a lot of other things uh, because betrayal is exactly what it is. You're right, Julie. And, you know, it's not ours to take sides or form opinions. Again, to say, oh yeah, that jerk, that idiot, you know, might've been a jerk and an idiot. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm that's not, not going to help. That's not going to help. That's not going to help anything. So keep your opinions to yourself when they're dealing with this. Mm-hmm. I love that you said that we have to remind ourselves that we don't need to be angry for them. I mean, anger, if we've learned, if I've learned anything in the last couple of years in my search to become a healthier person is that anger is the easiest to access emotion. Um, go listen to episode 74 for more unhealthy emotions with Dr. <laughs> Zoe. Um, and so they've got plenty of anger. You don't need to be that for them. Um, you need to be consistent and present and show love and grace Um, and and I don't want to keep saying Switzerland, but you want to be Switzerland. You're here for that person who has been wounded, but you don't need to add to the anger in the scenario. Yeah. And if you demonstrate anger, Julie, then you're just feeding the flames instead of helping to heal. And there may be healing in a marriage that has suffered an affair. There may not be, you Mm -hmm. don't know, but there may be. And if you fuel the anger or the bitterness or the resentment, that healing can never take place. So you want to be the one that listens and encourages that, encourages the fact that there can be healing. We'll probably need counseling. We'll need a lot of time, but it's viable. So encourage that again and listen to what they have to say. I think this is another one too, where you know, we, our tendency, our first thought is, is, oh, you can't stay with him or her. Um, and when we voice that, then we're, we're putting our opinion and our ideas onto them. And then we're putting up a wall because maybe they decide they do want to seek healing and restoration. And then they're not going to feel safe to come back to you because you have immediately reacted with, oh, you, you got to leave him. And then they don't feel like you're a safe person to walk through the difficulty of, no, I do want to stay. And it's going to be really, really hard. And I need a friend who's going to support me whichever way I decide to go. And so when you're quick to offer your opinion um, and your anger and your emotions, then you're not actually staying that safe, grace-filled friend we're really trying to be for all of these scenarios. I think that's very true. And two, realize that you're the friend. 
You're not the you're not a marriage counselor. Oh no. No, uh-uh. No. Don't even want to go there actually. You are the friend, the friend who supports and encourage them to find a marriage counselor or if the marriage is ending, encourage them to find a counselor for healing on their own. But don't assume that role. Know that you want to just be an amazing friend. I would definitely encourage them to get counseling and there will be plenty in this scenario who don't want to. I think because the betrayal is so significant, they almost don't want to talk about it with somebody else, or maybe they're afraid to go and get counseling because their only option is to go to their church and they don't want everyone to know. And these things are all very real and normal and justifiable, but you definitely want to encourage your friend to get some help. I am going to put in the show notes links to a couple articles. We we have one, my husband and I survived my affair, which is just such a strong piece um, of a woman who did um, go outside of her marriage and to, she writes about the restoration that they experienced, but then also one of the questions asked of Dr. Zoe on the weekly advice column that we have, and she answered a question on how do I get over betrayal in my marriage? So I'll just make sure to link to those um, because you may need them or you might know somebody who does. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that we need to remember in this case, and probably in a lot of them, is give them time. Yeah. Give them time to heal. I think sometimes we go, it's been six months, it's been a year, it's been Ugh. 18 months, it's been two years. Okay, shouldn't you be over it by now? <laughs> Not true. Yeah. Not true at all. It may come in waves. They may be bitterly angry, then they may be desperately sad, yeah. and then they may be fine for six months, and then they have it all over again. So you need to give them time. I 100% agree with that. All right. Another one that is very difficult is dealing with someone who's in a relationship with somebody who has an addiction. So whether that's, you know, a spouse, a child, a family member, whoever it might be, and the havoc that that can wreak on your friend. Now, let's just real quick put the caveat out here. We're not counselors. And so we cannot give, you know, the best advice on this scenario, but we did want to acknowledge it because that's kind of our heart behind this episode is that these things, these messy things are present in all of our lives. And we're not going to shy away from talking about them, but you've got to find the help when you're dealing with these kinds of things that people are educated and able to deal with these kinds of scenarios. Well, and I think if you are in a relationship with someone who is struggling with addiction, you need help first Mm -hmm. before you can help them go find your own source of information and education and support that can enable you to step forward and help them as well. I know I had started going to the recovery group meetings that met at my church um, a few months before my husband died. And then I continued for a year afterwards. And I found so much help and healing in those circles because I was around people who were experiencing similar things um, that I had, and then also very different things. And I think sometimes you need to surround yourself with people who are going through the same things and who are going through a different kind of hard because it gives you the perspective that you wouldn't otherwise have. But to be a friend to somebody who is in a relationship and walking closely with somebody who is dealing with addiction, it's so complex and it's so severe and it it messes with your mind. And so to be a grace-filled friend to somebody who's walking through this, I think one of the biggest things you can do is recognize that you're not going to know what they're going through, but you need to be that encouraging, willing to listen, ever-present friend. Well, and I think you need to realize in this subject specifically that you can't make the change for them. You're not the one that can free them from their addiction. You can only not be angry when they fail, uh, not accuse them, um, but know that they have to make the change. And as they do, walk alongside them and love them well. 
I think the last part on that I want to touch on is I will put into the show notes um, an article from the Grit and Grace Project that's called Six Ways to Love the Addict in Your Life. So you might want to check that one out. Ooh, this next one is me, Dar. I know. I, I, I that's mean, why I made the outline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you got a single friend who's struggling or maybe not. Maybe she's completely happy. Maybe she's with rocking it. I don't know. Yeah. It depends be. on the week. It, yeah, <laughs> and that's probably exactly right. So if you're going to be a grace-filled friend for a girl that's single, um, be good with whatever week it is. Does she want a man in her life? Does she not want a man in her life? Has she found one she likes? Oh, is he an idiot? She needs to run for cover. You know, you want to love her through this process. Yeah, I love that actually on the first <laughs> the first line you put in this section is um, you want to remind them that their worth does not come from whether or not they have a man in their life and that you love them for who they are and how they are and um, that you see their value um, regardless of their relationship status, whether it's single, it's complicated, widowed, whatever you check on the Facebook box today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think it's an ongoing process. If you're a friend to someone who's struggling with her self-worth in this scenario, you know, every week, every other week, or four times a week, say, hey, I love this about you. I think this is a treasure that you are. I think you are this woman, and I'm so proud of you for it. They need that. They need to feel good about themselves. We all do. But when you're alone, you kind of need a little more reinforcement. Yep. And I think something that ha- that helps is to remember that you don't actually know if your single friend is always going to be single. Um, we kind of want to promise people like, oh, he's out there. You're going to find him. in the sky somewhere. He's going to be dropped in your front porch. He's under the same stars as you, praying for you. <laughs> Has anyone said that to me? I don't know, maybe. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's helpful, but sometimes I actually don't want to be reminded of that he's out there because the truth is, is I don't know. Maybe I won't remarry. And I need to actually be reminded sometimes that I might be single forever, but I'm still awesome. Yes, you are, Julie <laughs> Graham. I agree with that. <laughs> Your single friend needs to hear that. They they need to know that you believe that um, that there could be somebody out there for them, but you can't make promises that they're going to meet the man of their dreams as soon as they stop looking. That's the big one. Oh, you, man. Everyone says that, oh, as soon as you stop looking for him, he'll just show up, right? Yeah, stop. how does that work out? I, I stopped looking for like three hours yesterday, and I did not <laughs> meet him, okay? <laughs> Darn, that didn't work, did it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the, you know, the other thing in that is don't ask them to look for a man, if that's what they want, on your timeline. They may or may not be ready, or he may or may not be ready, whoever that man in the sky is. Or, you know, they may go, I, I don't really even want one of those. Thank you very much. So mm-hmm. it's not about you. It's about what they want. Yeah, totally. Um, we actually recorded a whole episode more on what I've learned as I've been dating. And so if you haven't yet listened to it, you want to go back. Um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. So we talk about this more in depth, but we wanted to include it here because especially as Christian women, we just have this idea that everyone needs to find her man and live happily ever after. And that can make your single friend feel very devalued. So let's not be that friend. All right. Here's one that all of us have probably experienced or will experience the loss of a job. Mm. Um, change of a career, something that you didn't expect. You were on a road, you were on a plan, and maybe the company downsized, or maybe you had to move for some reason, so your job loss came up. Well, you know, that's hard. That is really hard because you go, where? how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to take care of my family? How? Where am I going to look next? What do I want to do? It, it's a frightening place to be. 
Yeah, and you don't want to be the one who's thinking of all the negative scenarios they haven't yet thought of. You don't need to be negative Nancy in this scenario and reminding them of all the things that they probably are unprepared for. No, you want to be neutral. You want to um, encourage their gifts. You want to be helping them search for jobs. You want to be looking for connections that you have um, and just reminding them that you see you know, their talents and their abilities and that you're there for them. Yeah, I think sometimes we go, well, you don't have a job, so you need to just go be busy. You need to go, oh, why don't you volunteer for this while you're not working? Or why don't you take care of this project while you're not working? They may not need to do that. They Mm -hmm. may not need to stay busy. They actually may need to stay home and regroup because they had an exhausting job and they need to prepare for the next one. Maybe you want to help them revamp their resume and get it out there. Um, You know, maybe you want to pass it on to people that you know may be hiring. You want to be proactive not suffocating, but supportive to somebody who's dealing with job loss. This one, Julie, I think uh, sometimes we as women of faith fear a little bit when someone comes and say they're doubting God, whether they're doubting he exists, whether they're doubting that he cares about their point in life, or whether they just doubt that he is present for them. You know, I think we run from that because we want to go, oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. He really is. It's okay. You're going to work this out. It's fine. And I think instead we need to listen to the doubts. We all have them, whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's easy to want to quickly throw scripture at them. (laughs) This is the truth you should be believing to the lie that you are currently spouting at me. And, you know, in the name of Jesus, let's not believe those things. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I feel like I've responded that way to people. But instead, it will take your friendship so much further if you're willing to just sit in that moment and hear them and maybe even validate why they're feeling that way. Um, That doesn't mean that you're discounting the truth of who God is. No, you're actually acknowledging that, yeah, I'm human too. And I felt that way too. And you just sit there with them and let them experience those thoughts and feelings before you try to correct them. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having doubts and questions. God welcomes them. He doesn't have a problem with them. So I'm not sure why we do. And you know, there are times when you feel like a failure among your peers as a Christian. For me, there was a season I was very ill and had to take a lot of medicine. And I had peers who said, if you only had faith, you would be healed. If you only had... And so I started thinking, oh, I'm, I'm really crummy. I'm really bad. I don't have faith. So okay, let me flesh all my meds. I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, you know, 20 at the time. You're pretty stupid that year. Wait, were you in the commune? Uh, no, it was before. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was before. Um, but, you know, I fleshed everything, didn't take it for a week. And guess what happened? You got worse. I got worse. I got really, really <laughs> sick. And then I felt like a bigger failure. Mm-hmm. So that's something we need to be sensitive to for one another. We cannot say, if you only do this, then God will do this. The Lord's the only one that knows Absolutely. what he's going to do, when he's going to do it, how he's going to do it. So we love them where they are, what they're dealing with, instead of accusing them or condemning them where they are. I think something that really helps in this kind of whole topic of being a grace friend to somebody who's going through a difficult part of their faith is remembering that your life circumstances are not the same as hers. And so she's coming to this, you know, season, this difficulty, this you know, lie-based feeling from the experiences that she's had. So maybe she's had a difficult upbringing and even maybe she hasn't had a difficult upbringing and you have, and you're not seeing why she feels that way. You're, you don't need to try to figure out why she's coming to this, 
experience with this faulty thinking. Instead, you need to acknowledge that this is where she is. This is how she feels. And I can't change it for her. I can pray for her. I can encourage her, but I can just be there in the moment and not be the judgy friend, but be the real in the thick of the mess of the hard of the difficult and, um, let her experience those things, but be there constant throughout it. Well, and I think we believe that the fix is on us, and it's not. Mm -hmm. The one who builds the bridge between us and God is God. It's Jesus. And we need to go to him, like you said, and pray about it and encourage that and anticipate that he's going to build the bridge. Listen to him as the friend. Hear what he wants you to say to this person. Go to him as the source. Don't go to yourself as the source. Mm -hmm. Say, all right, Lord, this is the doubt or the problem my friend has, help me know when to shut up. Mm-hmm. Help me know when to hug. Help me to know when to just hold them when they're crying or screaming. And then help me know what to say and when to say it. Absolutely. Yeah, there will be times where you need to send that Bible verse. And there will be times where you need to send a hilarious joke. Absolutely. slightly inappropriate. I don't know. Yeah, you do. You actually do. And you can just say, you know what? You're right. Life sucks. Okay. We're moving on. Exactly. This actually makes me think of one of our articles at the Great and Grace Project that I'll link to it in the show notes. It's called To the Christian Woman with a Crooked Past. And I really remembered loving that piece because we all have, we all have our stuff. And I think really that's the point of this episode. We all have our stuff. Whether we're going to deal with some of these big ones that we've touched on, whether we're ever going to walk through divorce or an affair or be addicted or be in relationship with somebody who's addicted, we all are going to experience hard things. And we want to be the kind of friend who doesn't run in those scenarios, but instead digs her heels in next to you and says, nope, sis, we got this. We have the grit to handle this. We'll find the grace along the way and we'll figure it out together. So ladies, I think we all want to be friends that offer grace. And in fact, We found a great quote by Ann Beeler that I think we should close the episode with, Julie. It's this. My philosophy is life is hard, but God is good. Try not to confuse the two. So here's to being this type of grace-filled friend. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.